0: This episode of the Supply Chain Brain Podcast is supported by Amber Road, a leading provider of on-demand global trade management software and services. Be sure and stick around after the discussion for a look at the company and what it's offering to international traders. But now, on to the podcast. We've all heard about the stiff tariffs being imposed in the trade war between China and the United States, but that development barely scratches the surface of what's really going on in China today. Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Managing Editor of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. Tariffs are making the headlines, but experience teaches us that they come and go. What's equally important and more lasting are the changes that China is currently undertaking with regard to its regulation of trade. The Chinese government has mandated a wholesale reorganization of the agencies regulating trade, including a merger of China customs with the agency that oversees inspections and quarantines. That gives a single agency much broader powers. Today we'll learn about what's going on behind the scenes from Gary Baracco, director of global product marketing with Amber Road. He sketches for us all of the major changes that promise to impact companies exporting goods to China. Turns out that many of those reforms will actually make trade with China easier, but it's essential that companies know what they are and how they should be responding. So here is my conversation with Gary Baracco. Gary Baracco, welcome to the show.
1: Good to talk with you again, Bob.
0: Gary, you know that it's been in the headlines for the last few weeks and months, all this news about the trade war between the U.S. and China, and the focus has been on tariffs being imposed by each side on the other in rather a rather alarmingly escalating way. But I'm wondering if that is, in fact, the whole story of what shippers and carriers should know about doing business between the U.S. and China these days. What is it that shippers don't know about regulatory changes underway in China right now. It's
1: so true. The ongoing trade war between the U.S. and China has taken center stage. But there is a whole lot going on behind that big wall that these changes have been enacted by China government. And they're really being dwarfed by all this tariff talk that we've had. But these changes have equal importance and impact on on global trade. A lot of the shippers just aren't tuned into it quite yet. So really, the Chinese government has not been sitting back and simply playing tariff chess with Trump. There's so much more going on. Early this year, in March, the People's Congress of China approved a state council proposal. And a lot of this is complex as the Chinese government is very complex. It's structured with the national government and then all of your provincial governments. But the proposal really is a massive reformation of a lot of Chinese governmental agencies. And the emphasis is on those agencies that are managing import and export go figure that that would be the key after they're getting kicked around so much uh, in a trade war so the restructuring plan is intended to simplify and or integrate bring together and merge many agencies in an effort that they can really just improve and streamline the operations for china trade and ultimately They believe that they're going to boost the economy. And if you look at some recent news reports, you'll see that the Chinese economy is starting to falter a little with some factory slowdowns. But customs clearance and market access measures on product quality and then all of the foreign investments coming into China are all under the microscope and part of these changes that the government put in place.
0: It sounds like unlike the tariffs, this actually in the long term is good news for traders, isn't it? Because if it does simplify procedures and customs procedures in China, going down the road, that's a good thing.
1: Well, there's two sides to that, because, yes, it'll simplify once you have adapted your supply chain operations. But everyone needs to retool and readjust the way they're importing and exporting goods in and out of China.
0: So let's talk about some of the things that are going on in China. Let's start with maybe uh, China's customs, China General Administration of Customs, revising a lot of regulations and, and abolishing a couple of others. What's going on there?
1: 71 regulations were abolished and are really making changes to import and export activities. First of all, there's two major government agencies, the China and Inspection Quarantine, the CIQ, And China Customs, two bodies before now merged together and integrated. And what that change does is it places the responsibility of the physical inspection of goods, which is the China Inspection and Quarantine or CIQ's responsibility, and it unifies that under China Customs. So it's almost like a combination of bringing U.S. Customs and Border Protection with agencies like the Food and Drug Administration together and Consumer Product Safety. So this means that now Customs has jurisdiction and responsibility for the admittance measures and the taxation of all imports and exports, as well as the quality of goods, the physical inspection as they're being brought in. Very novel concept.
0: Yeah, once again, maybe we could learn something from that here in the United States in cutting down some of the bureaucracy. It sounds like a good idea that you have one central agency. And in addition to that, there is this idea of a single window for declarations for both customs and CIQ. Talk about what China's doing on the single window side.
1: So similar to our single windows where you'd have two separate government agencies now that CIQ and China Customs are one, You only have to apply your documentation to the single window portal and submit all of your declarations, but along with your physical inspection data, since CIQ is now part of that. And so that makes things a little more efficient. But like I warned you before, there's new submission requirements that need to be implemented into all of your current processes. So there's changes to be made with your documentation and the way you file with China Customs. Is this in effect right now? Yeah, the single window is open and it's moved into effect. Now, back in August, they also adopted a whole new HS code system. So, and that's something else moving from the original 10 digit to the 13 digit. And so that's placing more emphasis on the, the merge of the two functions of CIQ and China Customs.
0: Does that square with the way in which the harmonized system is applied globally?
1: It does work together with the global 13-digit system. The first eight digits of the HS code are the import and export tariff classification. Nine and 10 are customs supervisory numbers, and then 11 and 13 are for that inspection and quarantine. So there is a change to that, and you've got to be on top of your game if you're importing and exporting.
0: So let's talk a little bit about some of these additional declaration parameter changes for customs and quarantine declaration requirements. What's going on there?
1: 20-plus parameter changes there on your various declarations, and they really vary. So there needs to be deep research conducted, and mainly for export, and then, of course, after clearance. So some changes taking place.
0: The Golden Gate 2 system, what is that exactly, and how does that relate to what we're talking about here
1: today? It's another portal, like our single window, and it's the system for processing trade. What they're doing here is going down to the part number level with an expanded handbook for reconciliation China trade is complex. It's far more complex than any other country. And that's why specialized technology systems backed up by a strong database of content and knowledge is really important when you're doing business in and out of China. It's not simple. And companies doing business realize that.
0: And the compliance requirements under Golden Gate 2 are indeed much more rigorous than in the past, correct?
1: Yes, they are. I don't know that that's going to change.
0: Here in the U.S., we have the AEO, Authorized Economic Operator Program. China has a version of that as well. What's going on there? been working well
1: since 2016. About 3,000 companies have been moving goods across China's borders under the ACE, or the Advanced Certified Enterprise Program. So it's similar to our AEO. It's the ACE or ACE program. If that isn't confusing you enough with our <laughs> ACE program and our AEO program, but basically, as certified companies, you can enjoy the speedy processing, 49 different facilitation measures are streamlined through China Customs, so your shipments move faster through the port with less scrutiny. Certainly a benefit for companies, they've seen inspection rates for ACE certified companies are about 50% less than other shippers. So certainly going to increase the speed of your goods moving through their customs.
0: You know, it kind of raises the question as to why China feels itself to be incentivized to make things easier for importers. I can understand when China wants to promote exports, but a lot of companies use very Byzantine bureaucratic import rules as kind of an off-the-books way of limiting imports. But China doesn't seem to be interested in doing that. It, seems to, it really seems to want to be encouraging the smooth processing of imports. Is that a fair evaluation of what's going on here?
1: Yeah, I would agree with that statement because China still wants to grow that middle class. It's been growing for years now, maybe a decade. And I think they realize that there's great opportunity for two-way trade and open trade, bringing goods in, especially from Europe, maybe not necessarily as much from the U.S., but certainly our raw materials and our agriculture moving over to China are really important. But China and the Chinese government realizes the importance of making sure that they have a growing consumer base as well. So this will help. Also, we have to understand that so many raw materials and component parts are imported into China for manufacturing. So there's an important level of anticipation there that manufacturing will still be happening in their country. And so they need to make it easy to bring those raw materials and components in for factories then to produce and create output, eventually export to other countries.
0: So how many hoops do you have to jump through in order to be an ACE certified shipper?
1: I'm not sure of the number, but I'm sure that it's not simple. There's different levels of voluntary disclosure and back and forth, but there are great benefits, just like our AEO programs and other AEO programs worldwide. Companies should take a look at that. There's other consulting firms that can help you to evaluate your own program and see if it might be something you qualify for.
0: And if you are an ace enterprise, I think you can expect, as I understand, to be inspected about half as much as as other shippers, right? About a 50% cut in inspection rate, which is pretty, uh, pretty appealing. Same thing here in the United States. Does it seem like China is kind of taking from the U.S. model in creating these changes? Or where is it getting the benchmarking in order to create this whole expedited system
1: not just the u.s but the european union has had a strong aeo program for years and so knowing that china is also going to look to europe i think they're trying to get on a level playing field with the countries that they want to open trade up seeing the effects of uh, trump tariffs china's not going to fall to stand up to that and they're going to go to other countries to open up more trade lanes
0: Okay, again though, all sounds great except companies must be so confused and maybe terrified of the prospect of having to conform to all these new requirements in order to reap the benefits of what China's doing. So what do companies need to be doing today in order to figure out what's going on and basically comply with China's new direction?
1: Certainly the best way is to look to automation and third parties look at a china trade management solution technology solution that enables you to really create what i would call a window through the wall if we're automating import and export processes for your china operation then this allows your company to meet china's compliance requirements for general and processing trade and reduce costs and improve efficiencies. Of course, become AEO certified. 50% reduction in your inspection rate right away is a huge benefit and advantage. But you need to also stay in touch with the timely regulatory updates to ensure that your import and export operations are uninterrupted. And as China makes so many frequent regulatory changes like those that I talked about, you need a comprehensive global trade management platform to improve your execution and minimize the risk.
0: Real quickly, I wonder if you could look into your cloudy crystal ball, as we all have actually, and tell me what you think might be coming down the pike in addition to what we're talking about here. Are there more changes in the future of trade with China that we can be looking for?
1: I certainly think that there's an unsettled relationship between the United States and China. European nations and China are going to start striking some deals that will help. But certainly trade conflicts between China and the U.S. have negatively impacted supply chains already. Companies in both countries moving goods are are subject not just to more tariff increases, but look at the time that you have to invest into retooling your supply chain operations. Just those points that I mentioned today, I need to make adjustments to the way I move goods and the documentation and, and even NHS class. So there's time taken out of that. Any new documentation, any processes really throw a monkey wrench into my fine running supply stream. So there's a lot going on behind the Great Wall. We haven't heard too much about it. But once we're aware, I think we're tuned into to what's going to happen.
0: Gary, tell me a little bit about what Amber Road is doing to help companies meet these challenges that we've been talking about involving trade with China. China
1: trade management to Amber Road is is part of our general solution. We have a team on ground in Shanghai, a well-established company, but our solution really enables you to automate those processes that are specific for China. That's because our team over there knows China policy. They've been living and breathing it. They're Chinese residents. They have connections within the provincial and Chinese government. And so it provides an advantage. The solution really is multifold. It's web based solution for compliance management for all of your international trading and your shipment your clearance, any workflow management and privilege. We do work with government, China government agencies, general trade processing, trade customs, CIQ. We're deeply involved at the government level. Bringing that expertise to the technology solution allows you to just do business better in and out of China. And that's why we have some of our major customers using China trade management to the best of their ability.
0: When you talk about automating processes, one interpretation of that phrase could mean that people aren't really involved anymore. And I'm sure that's not the case. Amber Road has its own army of experts who kind of help to underlie the technology and and make it work. Is that not the case?
1: Why, certainly. But once you apply a regulation to a product, a purchase order and a recipient and shipper, while the system can automate and determine what type of documentation is necessary, what duty and tariff you're going to pay, someone needs to verify that right, And, and actually give it the okay and press that button and say, proceed with this solution. There's a lot that's automated and we take the guessing out of it, which is the human side. But then we still need people to make sure that the trade is processing properly and
0: flowing. You need the continuous monitoring feature, do you not? Mm -hmm. Is it basically on exception reporting? Because I think no shipper or company wants to be staring at a screen every single minute when things are going okay. But is that basically the philosophy behind it?
1: Yes, all of the Amber Road platforms are based on management by exception. There's no way you could stay in tune to every shipment and, and watching and monitoring. When something needs your attention, it'll be called out and escalated as necessary.
0: How is your solution evolving with the evolution of technology and the coming of artificial intelligence, machine learning, the cloud? You talk about looking forward, what, how some of those things might impact what you offer the marketplace in the future.
1: Yeah, we're looking at all of the the plugins for digital technology. We're first trying to explain what a digital supply chain is, knowing that so many supply chains are not truly digitized by today's definition. But then as we look to blockchain, we look to IoT and integration layers from other providers, looking forward to machine learning and how AI can play into that. There's a lot going on behind the scenes at Amber Road, too, so that we're going to provide the best solution to our customers.
0: Gary, I want to thank you so much for helping us to get a peek behind the scenes of what's going on in China over and above the headlines about tariffs. Some of these far more important and more permanent changes, it really has helped to kind of understand what some of those are. So thank you for sharing that, as well as thank you for sharing what Amber Road is doing in order to facilitate shippers and carriers in their doing business with China. So, Gary Barocco, I want to thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Thanks, Bob. Another great conversation.
0: That was my conversation with Gary Barocco of Amber Road, talking about big changes in the way that China regulates trade. Our thanks to Amber Road for sponsoring this episode. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter,